Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for March 6, 2007 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined by our fantastic Orlando team, including Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. And this week, joined by a very special guest, Diz Senior Editor and the new producer of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable, Ms. Regina Henricks. Welcome, Regina. Thank you. In this week's show, we'll discuss the top news stories on the Diz, including Disney's announcement that they'll be adding a new hotel property in Orlando, slated to open in 2010. We'll also give one listener some advice on what's good to do on vacation with two young-at-heart members of their family. Kevin Close is going to give us a review of the new book, Spinning Disney's World, by Charles Ridgway. All that, plus Roundtable Rapid Fire and your emails on this, the 30th episode of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Now, before I get started, I want to welcome Regina to the show this week. And uh, for those of you who have been relying on the Diz for your planning information, uh, you have Regina to thank in large part for what you find on the Diz. Uh, Regina handles all the content updates and all the new stuff and makes sure it gets up really quick, and that is no small task. And she's down here on vacation, so we wanted her to sit in on the show. So welcome again, Regina. Thank you. And where are you staying? Beach Club Villas. Beach Club Villas. How are they? Excellent. Yeah, you like them? Yeah. Long-time DVC member, right? Yes. How long? Um, We joined in 91. Program started up officially in 92, so we've been members since then. Wow, so you're like from the the early, early days. We're from the $51 a point days. Wow. Oh, man. Wow. That is a long time ago, because it's about double that now, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. Wow. Well, welcome, Regina. Glad you're here. So we're going to get started with the news this week. Our number three story is a follow-up to a story that we reported on a few months ago. The Orlando Sentinel is reporting that uh, 170 current and former Walt Disney World custodians will receive payments averaging $650 each after Disney settled a contract dispute with the Service Trades Council Union that represents them. The union had filed a complaint against Disney with the National Labor Relations Board after Disney had replaced the workers in 2005 with contractors from an outside company. While Disney claimed that all the workers were offered comparable jobs in other areas of the resort, the union alleged that not all the offers were acceptable and that forced some to leave and find jobs elsewhere. The settlement, which was reached on February 2nd, comes at a time when Disney is in contract negotiations with many of its unions in advance of their contract expiration in April. The Service Trades Council has been challenging Disney for the last few years on its decisions to outsource jobs to other companies, thereby eliminating union workers. The union claims that the outsourcing is replacing good full-time jobs with jobs offering inferior pay, benefits, and hours, and that these decisions are adversely affecting quality. Disney has countered by saying that it holds its contractors to the same high standards that Disney uses for its own employees. The terms of the settlement require Disney to pay a total of $119,000 to the National Labor Relations Board, and that employees uh, and that money will be divided uh, among the displaced workers, uh, based on the wages they were making at the time they were, they were, their contract was terminated. Uh, the settlement also requires that Disney no longer unilaterally change employees' wages, hours, or working conditions, or that the company refuse to provide information requested by the union. That's according to one of the union officials. And the union is trumpeting this as a big win for its workers, while Disney is stating that they have complied with their collective bargain, bargaining agreement but felt that it was important to achieve a quick resolution for impacted cast members, allowing them to move forward in their new roles. I'm surprised they, they gave the number out of what the total dollars was. I think what happens is that's public record. Yeah. 
Well, you know, it's anyone a, has access. They're to in it. they're in contract negotiations right now. The union has been saber rattling since early January. The unions have been saber rattling since early January, and I think Disney's a little nervous right now about these contract yeah. negotiations. So they're trying to they're trying to make this as uh, as uh, they're trying to create as peaceful an environment for these negotiations as possible. So pave a nice road for them or something. As a union worker, that doesn't give me much comfort. I wouldn't think that that's get six hundred fifty dollars because we laid you off. Yeah, basically. Or move well, you to now you're set right. Or move you to a job that's less than what you were making before. And, of course, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know my feelings about Disney's repeated uh, efforts and moves to outsource more and more of, uh, of the jobs on property. Um, and we're going to actually have a story coming up that's going to discuss that a little bit. And I think outsourcing is a really, really, really bad idea. I think Disney does wonderfully when it's training and managing its own people, when it's using the legacy of, of, of its company to train its people properly. Um, that's not something that's been going on lately. And, you know, from my standpoint anyway, I've seen the caliber of cast member on the front lines really degrade, especially over the last five years. Well, they, they've cut traditions down to like a half a day. Traditions training, for those who if don't that, know, yeah. is, the, is the training program, uh, the once famous training program that... Uh, all cast members had to go through in order to be indoctrinated into the company legacy and service policies. And it used to be three days at one point. I know, John, when you were working. Yeah, me too. For them, yeah, it was a three-day thing. And now it's down to four hours. I still point with two fingers. You Disney are, actually used to sell that to other companies and call it the Disney way. And, and give seminars to other companies on how they train their employees. And they, when they stopped doing it, it was, it was the beginning of this, this, this slide that I've seen this service slide that's going that's been going on now for a few years. I and think I it's mean, too bad because that's one of the things that people always talk about. You know, it's as much of Disney World or Disneyland as Mickey Mouse or yes, Donald Duck. Exactly. It's the service level that you always came to expect. Yeah, I mean it is. It's a shame. It's a shame, but well, let's move on to the uh let's move on to the second news story this week. Uh Disney Vacation Club announced that it will open a preview sales center at the Woodfield Mall in Chicago sometime this summer. And this marks the first time that DVC is putting a sales center outside of one of the theme park properties. There's a, obviously, they're located in Walt Disney World, and they also opened them a few years ago out in Disneyland. The center is going to be labeled Disney's Doorway to Dreams and will be tied to the ongoing Year of a Million Dreams promotion. In a statement, Disney said that it was opening the preview center to meet increasing demand for its timeshare product, and speculation is that this may be tied to another other announced plans to expand Disney Resort products into urban centers around the U.S. The preview center will include a full-scale two-bedroom unit to promote sales of its new Animal Kingdom villas, which is set to open later this year. And the center will also include an interactive information area, a children's play area, as well as sales offices. Disney Vacation Club is now 15 years old and boasts more than 300,000 members from 50 states and more than 100 countries. And uh, I don't... I mean, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, I think. Yeah. But... They said the same thing with Disney Quest, didn't they? They used the same wording, just changed the names when they built Disney Quest out in Philadelphia or somewhere? Well, they had built Disney Quest in a few locations, yeah. but I don't know what, but they, it, what that has to do with Disney Vacation Club. No, it does. This is do just a sales center. Vacation Club, but they're expanding out into different market areas. You know? Disney Quest was a bad idea anyway. Yeah. Disney but, Quest isn't working here. If they couldn't make it work in Orlando, I mean, they're yeah. closing that. I mean, we'd heard they're closing that down. I, what I heard was in this October that was mm. going to go away. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I remember hearing something to that effect. But I think, you know, one of the things the article had gone on to talk about was that. Uh, 
you know, Disney was saying that because there's a high concentration of members from that area, that they thought between that and the, the word of mouth that it generates, that it's a good waypoint. It's a good waypoint to get people into DVC. And I'm, as far as I'm concerned, you can't get enough people in DVC. It's an unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, when I used to live someplace other than Orlando, any chance to visit anything, see anything Disney, was a plus in my yeah, opinion. But you were already a Disney fan. I don't know how um, how successful this is going to be for the person who doesn't know anything about Disney or anything about Vacation Club. Is this really going to get the average person in the mall excited about I mean, think so. I popping mean, down thirty thousand dollars to be a DVC member? I, Let's I go think get it sneakers will. in a vacation. Well, <laughs> exactly. I think I think because what they're doing is they're exposing you know exposing people to a product where they can come stay here and stay at some other places around you know you can exchange your points for stays in other uh, other timeshare uh, units. But I think you know if you're interested in coming to Disney World on any kind of regular basis. You're automatically, you know, I mean, people, everybody wants time. A lot of people are interested in timeshare. A lot of people would be interested in Florida timeshare. So it kind of makes sense that, you know, they, they would, Disney would have a shot at these people at least. And it's, it's worth a shot. I think, you know, if, if anybody can make it work, DVC can make it work. It also gives people an opportunity to see the product before they get here on vacation. I mean, Disney might be able to catch some people who I wouldn't want to give up a day to go see that. You know what I mean? So maybe they're going to catch people before they get here. I think, right. I think the I think one of the draws of DVC is that you're here, you're having a great time, you don't want to leave, and now you've got this opportunity now to make, you know, um, it's an emotional sale. Emotional well, sale. Yeah. But I'm going to give the I'm going I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt though to DVC because they have made so many smart decisions in how they have marketed this product. They've made it so successful that I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one. But what I wanted to see, Regina, you, you said you're saying over at Beach Club Villas, and we how do we find have you how do you find the cast at a DVC resort? How, how what's been your experience so far this day? Well, we just arrived last night, but I've never had a complaint. I've stayed at all of the um, vacation clubs on property, and I've never noticed anything untoward. It, you know, um, I've always found them to be very friendly. You know. Very accommodating. Part of the dues you pay for DVC goes towards the upkeep and the maintenance of the property. I think that plays into it. I really do because I can't tell you. I think every DVC property is immaculate, painted, in really good shape. Never. I don't think I've ever had a negative. Well, the first time we stayed at the boardwalk. Oh, that's because our in room the very, was very out in the parking lot. Yeah, well, our room. That was, <laughs> we were in room 2000. It was like at the very, very, very end, right over Jelly Rolls. Um, but it was... Um, we had a kind of a, a dicey experience then. That was our first time staying there. But outside of that, I've never had a negative experience at a DVC property. I've never had a negative experience with a DVC cast member um, at those resorts. Um, I know they're trained additionally when they're when when the hotel when when the hotel has DVC members. I know there's additional training that goes on to expose them to what DVC is. These are high affinity members. They have to be treated a certain way, and uh, because, I mean, right now, I remember, you know, a Disney Vacation Club owner is considered Disney's highest affinity group. These are people who are willing to spend fifty, sixty, seventy, a hundred thousand dollars $100,000 in some cases uh, to vacation at Disney World. So um, uh, I'm interested to see how that works if we're going to start seeing DVC sales centers. And like I said, anything that promotes DVC, anything that gets people into DVC, we know how well people are taken care of when they buy in. So anything that gets them in. I think is a good thing. So we'll see how it works for them. 
All right, our number one story this week, speaking of hotel rooms, Disney announced last week that it would be adding two major projects to its Orlando resort over the next 10 years, including a new 900-acre luxury resort to be run by the Four Seasons Hotel chain, as well as a 450-acre retail dining and lodging district on the western border of Disney property. Disney plans to convert the Eagle Pines and Osprey Ridge golf courses into a luxury resort and golf community headlined by the Four Seasons Resort. It will also include single and multifamily vacation homes and fractional ownership vacation homes. Now, according to the press release, quote, site work and branding is anticipated to begin later this year. The project will be built in phases over the next 8 to 10 years, and they estimate the Four Seasons Hotel will open sometime in 2010. And I, I'm really I'm hesitant to judge this one way or the other because if this so early, is yeah. it's really early. I need to see what they're going to do. If they're going to try and open this as a Disney resort in the vein of the Grand Floridian and the Contemporary and the Polynesian, except now it's being run by the Four Seasons, I think that will in fact mark the beginning of the end of the Disney of the of the Disney era as we know it in terms of service, because it means they're going to start outsourcing these resorts. And at that point, you know, at what point do we see the All-Stars run by Holiday Inn? At what point do we see the Polynesian run by Sheridan? How far are they going to go with this? But I don't know. I mean, what they could be doing is just branding a luxury Four Seasons in Orlando in conjunction with Disney to make a golf resort. Similar to the Swan Which Dolphin. would be, right. well, no, it would be different than the Swan Dolphin right. in that the Swan Dolphin is, is well, I mean, there's a whole story behind how the Swan yeah. Dolphin got yeah. there. We won't get into, but... Um, you know, it's this is different from the Swan Dolphin in that Disney is actually a partner in this. They're not a partner in the Swan Dolphin uh, piece. Those are two truly independently owned hotels. This is a Disney press release. This is Disney working with Four Seasons, and this marks a real departure. They've never done this before. Now, do you remember a while back, while back when they first started that Bonnet Creek Resort, that sort of weird triangle piece of property that was uh, sold to a third party that's actually on Disney property? Yes. They had the rumor was that the Four Seasons was going to go in there. Yeah, this rumor has been around That's a while. That's right. I remember hearing about that. And I that think what's happened is I think Disney is someone at Disney has finally wised up and said, "Listen, we got to stop putting people over there." I don't know if you've ever been back there. It is huge. Yeah, no, I haven't just, been back there. It is ripe for. It must must be thousands of hotel rooms, yeah. tens of thousands of hotel rooms, and it's going to be timeshare over there too. There's a lot yeah. of timeshare. Yeah. Uh, Fairfield, what's the, I think it's Fairfield. Yeah. Fairfield is already in there, so I think what's happened is someone at Disney said, "Listen, we've got to stop that bleeding. How can we do it? Let's get Four Seasons over on our side." But it's a weird thing. I mean, it's kind of well, like, you know, it's almost like sacrilegious to well, a certain this, extent. Well, this also sounds like a quasi celebration uh, project. You know, celebration is the town uh, in Kissimmee that Disney built. Um, and, and sold and sold, and sold. <laughs> built and sold. But uh, this, you know, if that's where they're going with this, if this is a, a, a Four Seasons golf resort and you know vacation homes and fractional ownership and all that stuff um, as a different business model or a different business unit, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. If this is if they're going to try and pass this off as the next Disney resort and they're going to theme it like that and they're going to push it like that. And the only difference being that the Four Seasons is running it. I think that's the handwriting on the wall. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But that's uh, that's our news this week, folks. Now we're going to move over to a roundtable rapid fire. And I'm going to start this week. Uh, Disneyland has just unveiled, uh, Walt Disney Imagineering has just unveiled at Disneyland, 
a new uh, a new animatronic, uh, the Mo- the Muppet Mobile Laboratory uh, that roams the park. These are actually freestanding animatronic Muppets. They have Doctor Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker on a in a riding device that. There's no operator around. As a matter of fact, the operator is in Glendale, California. Mm. They can see everything. They it's kind of like the um, the Turtle Talk with Crush, but taken now to a third dimension where they're actually roaming the park and can interact directly with the guests. That is cool. And it's supposedly uh, we're gonna we're gonna include there's a there's some video on YouTube. I'm gonna include in the show notes this week so you guys can see it. It looks absolutely amazing, and thank God they haven't outsourced Walt Disney Imagineering yet. It sounds like a, the next generation of Lucky the Dinosaur. Yeah, it is. It's Lucky taken to a whole other level. Do the Muppets have legs? Are they walking yeah. around? No, they're actually they're actually they're on a um, on like a cart. Oh, it's a, mo- it's a mobile laboratory. Okay, maybe it is Lucky the Dinosaur. <laughs> and it's, it's but it's it's. I mean, Sounds totally cool. interactive. Totally wow. interactive. Really, really cool. And that's going on out. That's being tested out at Disneyland right now. And like I said, uh, there's also a whole write up about it in the LA Times, and I'm going to include a link in the show notes to that as well. But uh, check that out. That's it's really, really cool. It's a it's a whole new technology they're utilizing. So, John, I want to share with everyone some other stuff that's going on around the Central Florida, the Orlando area, not just uh, focusing on Disney this week. Um, there's Viva La Musica Hispanic Culture and Music Festival. That's going to be at SeaWorld and Bush Gardens in Tampa Bay. Um, pretty much every Saturday, every Saturday it's going to be at SeaWorld in March, and every Sunday it's going to be at uh, uh, Bush Gardens in Tampa Bay. And there's a whole long list of people, none of which I know or have ever heard of, but some people <laughs> might be interested in doing that. Um, a local radio station, WMMO, and our local Channel 9 have teamed up, and they're going to do their downtown concert series again this year, and that's at the City Hall Plaza in Orlando, and this year it's going to be Lindsay Buckingham from Fleetwood Mac oh, cool. and the Gin Blossoms, Ooh. and that's Saturday, March 10th of 2007. That's an ongoing thing where they do that throughout the summer, though. They've got some really great people there. They do. It's great. something to definitely look into. And it's something different, too. It's off. It's off the beaten path. And it's free. Free. And I should mention, these things are free. Um, Old Town, if you're not familiar with Old Town, it's... Uh, it's an Old Town on it's 192. It's an Old Town on 192. It's, it's east of Disney on Highway 192. And it's kind of carnival-like. It's a shopping district, restaurants, yeah. um, amusement rides. But I actually still, was there last week. They have the old, all the old cars, and they, they that's go on around. Saturday night. Saturday night. Bob, Bob takes his grandkids there and tells them it's Disney yeah. World. <laughs> Bob, Bob takes his best car there. Uh, old Town is having their fourth annual Bug Fest uh, each Sunday in March, Ooh. 2 until 6 p.m. That sounds like Wait, fun. Wait, what does that mean? Bug to Bug Fest. What explanations? You're going to bring it up. You got to talk about it. Uh, Come on, this is, is supposed it to be rapid. Or is it is like it creepy crawlers? VW no, no, bugs. It's, it's bugs as in outside bugs. Oh, cool! Beautiful, beautiful butterfly will be there. Note to self: avoid. There'll be free old crafts town. for kids throughout Old Town, and it's kind of like flower and garden festival bugs. Except for area. insects. Except okay. Insects. Bring cutter. And for those of you who have. <laughs> Bring off. (laughs) For those of you who have wondered if there's any culture in Central Florida, there's not. There's the ninth annual Pig on the Pond barbecue cook-off in Claremont. Oh, Oh, right. That's my town. That's out by Bob, March 9th and 10th. Pig on the Pond. Now sign me up. It's a barbecue competition. (laughs) When I first moved there, I said, 
what the heck is a pig on a I'd pond? Be, I'd be afraid for like, my life. Well, I was for the first two years before I, <laughs> I actually went to it and found out what it was. It's it was real, is it neat? We yeah, had this instead they have of these, a museum. The barbecue <laughs> competitions, and you go out there and you sample the different ones, and all these uh, comp- uh, barbecue comp- uh, competitors come in, and they they sample the stuff, and you buy tickets, and it's pretty cool. And well, then they, for some reason, they drop stuff out of a helicopter and pigs uh, <laughs> no it's, uh, it's pigs like, hit the pond what is it? it's like i don't know uh, pig doot or something but they drop what? Some, <laughs> what? They, they put these things out there and what? if, if whatever happens falls on the on the thing and okay you have what that is number pig it's like a lottery is that pig like pig poop? Is, yeah pig dude is pig poop <laughs> They drop. Uh, pig, they drop. Okay. Pig they drop something the, from a helicopter. You guys had a party in Claremont. Yeah. Do we go? <laughs> scary stuff goes on out there. I told you I didn't go for the first two years. Do we go I was to scared. the bug show or the pig poop? <laughs> in case you're tired of Disney World, I've given you options. Oh, I'm going to Disney World. They don't drop. Nothing. I don't write this stuff, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, I have nothing to compare with pig poop. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, that's good. On or around April 2nd, uh, El Rio del Tiempo is going to reopen. It's going to be based on the Three Caballeros with Donald Duck, Jose Karaoke. Jose (laughs) Karaoke. Who is Jose Karaoke? That's that's easy for you to say. He's He's performing at at SeaWorld. He's He's performing at SeaWorld. He's going to be at (laughs) SeaWorld. They have pig poop too. Oh man! <laughs> My goodness! <laughs> all right, I'm we're sorry. all very punchy today. <laughs> what is up? All I keep thinking is I'm dropping pig poop. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really do it. I do they come? Oh, I'm sure it's not that. Oh, man. <laughs> Rio del Tiempo at the Mexico Pavilion in Epcot is going to reopen on or around April second. It's going to be based on the three caballeros: Donald Duck, Jose Carioca. And per- Panchito. That's easy. And Donald is on his way to a festival in Mexico City, and his friends are looking for him. All I can say is, is it about time? It is about time <laughs> they updated that ride. Oh my yeah. God, I love that <laughs> ride. So do I, but I it did just is so dated, though. I it love is. the part where they're trying to sell you stuff. <laughs> okay, that's mm-hmm. a perfect place to cool off too, though. It is. I I, I do love it for that. There the market any lines. The marketplace is great because it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> If there's no line that tells you something. Yeah. All right, Mr. Martin. What do oh, you yeah, got? the um, Universal Studios, that uh, $85 ticket, two-day, I mean, two-park, seven-day pass, they raised that by $2, so it's now eighty six ninety eight. Um, I don't think it's going to be the last time they raise it. eighty six ninety eight plus tax. Plus tax. Makes it how much? Well, I, I can't do that in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's got to do his gazintas. <laughs> Whoa, dude. I didn't gazintas. write that down. <laughs> Two goes into Sorry. four. Four goes Should, into eight. Shouldn't pitch a question like that unless I know you got the answer for it. Sorry. <laughs> and check, also the, check the uh, website. We'll have the prices there. Also, uh, Finding Nemo, the submarine voyage, voyage is opening up at Disneyland, uh, Tomorrowland, oh, that's right. uh, June 11, 2007. That's Some neat be, stuff going yeah. on in Disneyland right yeah, now. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Some very, very neat stuff. Miss Regina, what do you have to talk about? Um, Mother's Day, May 13th, at the International Flower and Garden Festival. They're going to be having the annual brunch. For adults ages 10 and up, it's forty five ninety nine. Wow. For kids ages 3 to 9, it's nineteen ninety nine, And that includes gratuity, but not the tax. Wow. And it's going to be continuous seating from 
9 a.m. till 3 p.m. You don't have your reading glasses on, do you? As a matter of fact, these are bifocals. Okay. You're going to hit. She can't hit me. Have you ever done that, Yes, yeah, she can. She's sitting right next no. to you. Yeah, I've never done it either. Usually, they used to have it at the Odyssey restaurant. Yes. Yeah. Lately, they've Brunch been having among the flowers. It was called. Yeah. Now they've been the, the last couple of years. They've held it out at the International Gateway, where the Millennial thing was. No, like further out. It, um, actually, it's out at by the World Showplace Pavilion. Oh, wait, that's where they're having it this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a huge list of stuff that's involved with it. I mean, but forty five dollars seems like a lot. Well, yeah, there's a glass is. of champagne. Oh, big deal. <laughs> yeah, but Something. I've always heard I've always heard that Mother's Day brunches were very nice. Yeah, I mean, it sells out. I mean, it always sells out. So I've never been. I mean, and all of the moms maybe I'll take mom. Maybe all I'll of take the moms mom will there. get a flower that day. As that, well, they that should visit the cool. flower and garden festival. So that's something to think about if you're coming down for Mother's Day. Yes. Definitely. All of the. All of the Disney restaurants will be open and serving that day, but they don't do anything this like is the that one for special meal. They don't do anything like that for Father's Day, though. Do you? So. Pig on the pond. What's your point? Pig <laughs> on the pond. Okay. Pig poop. It's all yeah, about the mothers. Pig poop in Claremont. Pig it's all about the moms. But all right, that's going to do it for Roundtable Rapid Fire this week, folks. We're going to move on, and uh, Kevin uh, did a review for us of a new book uh, by Charles Ridgeway who is one of the Disney legends. It's called Spinning Disney's World, uh, Memories of a Magic Kingdom Press Agent. So, Kevin, tell me what you thought about the book. I absolutely enjoyed it. I took uh, took it with me on vacation, and I thought it was great. Charles Ridgway started with the Disney Company in 1963 as a publicity agent. That was back before they had press agents, and he's opened every park since then. The only park he missed the opening for was uh, Disneyland as they opened in 55. But he's been at every park opening, including the water parks and things like that. And he has seen the company just grow. This is a very light and breezy book. Its focus is on the advertisement and the editorial publicity that went out through Disney. So there's a lot of things like meeting news people and things like that. However, it's full of tidbits and information that only somebody who's been there that long can say just a little bit of information did you know that uh richard nixon started his presidential campaign at the disneyland hotel in 1968 i did not and he gave his famous i'm not a crook speech at the contemporary hotel in 1970 see that shocked me when you told me that That that's shocking it's just it's really really interesting i think that stuff like that's fascinating the other thing is the attraction he talks about the attractions and how walt loved them and walt's idea was you walk the park every day you hear everything people have to say and you make your decisions based on that. So he talked about the attraction that Walt was the most excited about for the longest time and that was the Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. And Pirates of the Caribbean was originally going to be a walkthrough. And it wasn't until the World's Fair with It's a Small World that they realized that the boat loading concept could be done as quickly as it is now and that they changed a Pirates of the Caribbean to a boat ride wow and pirates of the caribbean actually opened after walt's death however all of the rooms and all of the scenes had been done in mock-up so walt had walked through the actual attraction it's things like this that you uh, look into and you hear about it another thing was uh they celebrated their 20 millionth guest during the gas shortage and as a publicity person he wanted to make sure that the people knew that you could get to disney world even though there was a gas crisis. 
So the way they picked their 20 millionth guest was he waited at the parking kiosk and he watched license plates as they came in and he found the license plate that was the furthest away and he <laughs> followed her into the park and made her the 20 millionth guest. She wow. was from Minnesota. <laughs> so it again, if you're looking for backstage dirt, this is not it. This is a very positive, very upbeat book. Uh, but I definitely think it's something if anybody's interested in these kind of sort of little known facts and figures and things like that, that this is the kind of thing you're going to want to read. It was a pretty quick read for you. You read it on the plane to Las Vegas. I did. I read it pretty quickly and I enjoyed every minute of it. I thought it was great. The name of the book is uh, Spinning Disney's World by Charles Ridgway. That's R-I-D-G-W-A-Y. And he is a Disney legend. Uh, Charles has his name up over the windows in Disneyland and Disney World. So, again, it's put out by the Intrepid Traveler Press. I think it's something people would enjoy. And we're going to make sure we include a link to it in the show notes if anyone's interested in picking it up. That's great. Well, thank you, Kevin. Appreciate that. Sounds like a good read. Actually, yeah, leave that because I'm going to want to read it. <laughs> um, now that I know that's good. Now that I know it's good. Yeah. Waste my time. <laughs> All right, moving on. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to do listener email. Actually, and uh, I've got one here from Deneen Matz in San Jose, California. She writes, I have just found your podcast and have been enjoying it. My husband and I are bringing the family to Walt Disney World in July of 2007. It's our second trip and our second trip and the first time in 15 years. So it's been a while. She has two questions. I'm concerned about our check in time. We are from California and even catching the earliest morning flight still does not get us into Orlando until 7 p.m. Should I be worried? that they will have given away all the good rooms by then. We are staying on concierge level if that makes a difference. In short, no, you have nothing to worry about. You will be fine, especially if you're staying on concierge. They should, should be all right. Uh, Second question is, I don't see much written about the Yacht Club Resort. We've chosen it because it just seemed to fit our style, but are there any interesting things we should know about it before going? Anything uh, we should seek out that people may not know about? Well, I think, first of all, the biggest attraction for the yacht and the beach club has got to be the pool. Exactly. It is the best pool on property, Absolutely. bar none. That's a sand-bottom pool. Stormalong Bay. Stormalong Bay, and it is fantastic. Also, you're staying concierge at the yacht club, and I can tell you of all the concierge lounges on property, I consider the yacht and the beach club to have the best. Uh, their service seems to be at a, a much higher level than some of the other ones. And uh, the offerings uh, that they give in the concierge lounge, uh, especially throughout the day, they do a nice job of putting out some real interesting things for kids, for adults, uh, both snacks and, and you know, uh, aperitifs in the evening. And they do a real nice job. They do a real, real nice job. I think food-wise, the only concierge lounge that does better is the Polynesian, and that's because they actually have a full kitchen for the uh, concierge lounge at the Polynesian. It's the only one that does, but... Um, I think you'll be. I think you'll be really, really pleased with uh, your choice, Yacht Club Concierge. Mm. What else at the uh, at the Yacht Club, guys? Yacht Beach, uh, Beach. Uh, oh, oh, beaches oh. and cream. Beaches and cream. Beaches and cream. Take oh, Regina, how can you not like beaches and cream? That's the best. Oh, you take a group the best in there, what? group of six people, and then you get the kitchen sink. And everybody digs in. I think peaches greasy. and cream is I a is an it ice is. cream it's, parlor it's slash really hamburger. It's a burger shop. Yeah, it's a, it's a ice cream For slash a burger, burger shop. I, I go to Big River. 
Yeah. I no, like their I burgers much better than Beaches and really? Cream. Really? Mm. Oh, I think I, I think a Beaches and Cream yeah. burger is unbelievable. I like unbelievable. Beaches and Cream for their ice cream. I think they ice cream. fun ice cream. Oh, yeah, cream. but food, hot fudge sundae. Yeah. I'm, like I'm just sending them for their hot fudge sundae or one of those kitchen sinks. It's got a great atmosphere. It's got a fun... Beaches and Cream is expensive. It's got a f- I mean, well, <laughs> Disney's expensive. Talk it, about a small place. Yeah, but you're talking yes. about it like being a hot dog in a hamburger shack. It's not that kind. It's not that level of pricing. No. It's expensive for a hot She's dog. She's staying She can afford it. <laughs> you know, another another great thing about the Yacht Club is that it's walking distance to the boardwalk. And You're in you know, that great area. I mean, it, it's a really nice area, especially at night and everything's lit up. Yeah, that it's, nighttime entertainment area at the boardwalk is real nice. Besides being a walking distance to Epcot. Oh, you're, right. yeah, you're a hop, MGM. skip, and a jump. I walked to MGM, yeah, MGM this morning. Yeah. Oh, no, that's too far. <laughs> it's way too far. We actually beat the boat when we walked there. Oh, we walked definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You can watch. The, it's crazy. Oh, I could beat that boat. Yeah. Any, <laughs> walking backwards uphill both ways. I get tired riding the boat over. <laughs> <laughs> She's beating the boat over. No, in general, in general, Deneen, you've uh, you've picked a great resort, I think. And uh, the yacht club is kind of quiet and elegant. It is. It, it's it's more low key than the other resorts. Yeah. It's uh, the theming is beautiful, but it's not as in your face as some of the yeah. other resorts. And I think it's just kind of a quiet, elegant spot. I get a warm fuzzy when I go there. I'd be very Enough interested. with your warm fuzzies. Yeah. I'd be very interested, Deneen, when you get back to hear what your, uh, what your experience was like. But we hope you enjoy your stay. All right, we have another email from Ryan Smith of Rochester Hills, Michigan. First, He writes, first off, thank you for such an informative and entertaining podcast. I've been planning a trip in October for the last four months and have found the information on your show extremely helpful. And he says, do not shorten your podcast. The longer, the better. Well, you'll be really happy with today's. <laughs> um, <laughs> two days long. Now, my trip, is for two, my trip is for two reasons. First, my wife and I are taking her mother and stepfather for a surprise trip to celebrate my mother-in-law's retirement from teaching. I must admit to a concern about taking youthful but admittedly older adults to Disney, and I'm reluctant to plan too much. Any tips or suggestions on taking older kids would be much appreciated. Also, the last day of the trip will be my wife's birthday. Struggling to find special activities to celebrate this day at her favorite place in the world. So basically, I need the advice of seasoned Disney professionals. Now, Bob, I know you did some research on uh, what uh, what's good with uh, older, older older visitors. Seniors. Yeah, uh, some of the things you want to remember about the se- uh, bringing a senior, you want to remember all the prescriptions. You want to remember the information for insurance. Bring any medical information you can with you. Uh, pack the meds in a carry-on when you're traveling. Don't put them in your suitcase in case they get lost. A really important thing for a senior is keep them drinking water all the time. They can get very dehydrated quickly. They're much more likely to get heat stroke. Heat stroke, and you got to watch them. The other thing is going in and out, if you're going into a show, you got to carry a sweater with you to to put around them because – down here, they blast the air condition inside, and the the seniors don't deal with the temperature change as well as uh, other other people. So always bring a, a, a sweater or something for them to have with them. Another issue is walking. If you have a senior that doesn't walk more than from the TV to the refrigerator couch and the refrigerator and back in that triangle. Which is pretty much the exercise that I get. So You know... You're going to walk five to seven miles a day, depending depending on where you go and what you do. But, I mean, just walking to the bus can be an issue 
for people. So seniors, you, you really have to keep an eye on them. And if they're having trouble keeping up, rent a wheelchair. Yeah. We had to do you that know, for my dad for a long time. I mean, we have experience, uh, you and I both, and, mm-hmm. and even John and Kevin, dealing with seniors in the, in the parks. And it's, it's a challenge. Uh, take your time. Well, you see, in my, in my father's case, it was more, God rest his soul, it was more, he was just, he was very happy to let us push him around the block, <laughs> yeah. you know. But no, I mean, his legs, his legs, as, as, as he got older, when he got, especially when he got into his 70s, uh, his legs were not were just not working as well, and my and, dad. We did, and we were able to put him in a wheelchair, and he was a you know made made the experience a lot more enjoyable for him. My dad was just here, and he's in his seventies, seventy two, seventy three. He's fairly active. I mean, he's not running marathons or anything, but we still found that getting him a wheelchair for going to the parks was made it so much more enjoyable for him. Yeah, he didn't have to worry about walking. One of his concerns, and this is something that you have to be conscious of with seniors as well is they don't want to impede your good time. Right. They feel like, oh, I'm such a burden. I'm going to make you slow you up and things like that. It's important to make them comfortable and realize that everybody's there to have fun. Let's try to do what everybody can enjoy. And to that effect and and to kind of follow along with that, um, that makes the planning of your trip much, much more important. Try not to plan a trip that is chock full of like commando touring. Um, because at, at you know at at best case scenario, if they can't keep up with you, like John was saying, it's going to really impede their good time because they're thinking they're holding you back. It also really depends on the senior. John and I take my mom right. and dad out all the time, and if we're talking somebody in their late sixties who leads an active lifestyle, Walt Disney World shouldn't be an issue. Right. If it's somebody who is just has mobility issues there are uh evcs uh all over the place for rent you know you can rent them from disney you can rent them from someone off property one of the things i would recommend is that you keep a small backpack with you at all times with what they're going to need florida gets really hot bob talked about water a baseball cap a sweatshirt to to put on over sort of anything that's going to change a, a, a light windbreaker because at night or as bob says in the shows or the restaurants I know my mom. My mom's cold all the oh, time. Yes. So, so, so is mine. Right. You, Especially well, someone, they've been together. Yeah. <laughs> Especially someone sitting in a wheelchair. They get cold quicker than right. others. So I think See. it's really depending upon the senior. One of the things you've got to do, and I think you both just touched on it, is you have to plan things and understand that they're going to want to keep you all happy, too. So you talked about not planning commando. You also can't com- you know, plan for the slowest trip in the world right, either because exactly. then they're going to be self-conscious you know about what? it. Let exactly. them hold the stuff. There's going to be times when you're going to come on right. a ride. Let them be the stuff holder. Yeah, that's what my father was. He was yeah. stuff holder. <laughs> and I got to tell you, Walt Disney World is the best place in the world for people watching. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So e- I don't mind holding the stuff. And, and there's, also, there's, also, there's also, I'm sorry, John, but okay. there's, there's so much that they can see and experience in Walt Disney World that does not involve getting on a ride. Absolutely right. right. And keeping those things in mind, keeping some of the shows in mind, keeping some of those, you know, especially some of the attractions that do much, much better for uh, people who have any mobility issues, keeping those things in mind as you work out your touring plan, I think, is, is also pretty smart. Getting a park map and finding out where the family restrooms Just are. Just say that. Yeah, that's Family restrooms are a boon to someone who needs assistance. My mom usually travels with three males. And I've got to tell you, a family restroom, all that is is it's a single-person restroom big enough to accommodate a wheelchair or a scooter. And someone of the opposite sex can 
assist. Right. It's not a it's not a public restroom like a ladies' room or a men's room kind of thing where I can't go into the ladies' room with her. I can go into this and help her. So those kind of things they're nice to know about. The other thing is any of the. Uh, the nurses' stations, the baby care facilities, right? Or the usually have are. restrooms where you can assist someone who needs help. Yeah, we could write a book on oh. on the restrooms and the theme parks between you exactly. and I, Kevin. One of the things you touched on is the rides. Be aware of what they can actually do. Don't put them on Space Mountain uh, if they have any kind of health conditions or anything. Read the warning signs on the on these rides. Obviously, yeah, and you know. You see some of these uh, seniors going on this Space Mountain. It's like, I'm not sure you should be on that. The, is, the reverse of that is also true. Most of the rides are handicapped accessible. Ask the person running the ride if this is accessible yeah, or uh, not. But they, you I have to know your medical conditions. Though, right. and However, my mom would never get on It's a Small World. Right. However, It's a Small World is fully handicapped accessible for okay. someone in a wheelchair. So I think it's the kind of thing that you have to know the person you're traveling with and ask. Because she would be the first person to say, oh, I'm not going on this. Or well, the great movie ride. And it yeah. does sound like Ryan's in-laws are pretty mobile. He says taking youthful but admittedly older adults to Disney. So I'm not sure he's going to have too much in the way of mobility issues, I'm assuming, uh, reading the email. that the Mobility won't be too much of a concern. Uh, but it does still warrant that you kind of pay attention to what the warnings, as Bob pointed out, what some of the warnings on some, some attractions are. Make sure they have good shoes, too. It, don't just come down with That's a for brand, everybody, yeah. Yeah, I always tell people, stop breaking your shoes in like two months ahead of time. You mean like you Bruno Mollies they have to have? <laughs> New shoes. Well, good good walking shoes. Oh, good, good walking, walking shoes. shoes. Bring I your mean, most comfortable shoes. And, and get them out walking before you, you start coming down here. Get them used to at least walking a mile you know, before you get here. And that'll give you an idea of if they're going to be able to do it and if you need a wheelchair or Put not. 50 or 60 pounds on that. their back, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Think of pack mules. <laughs> I also have... We have some run upstairs. Walking. We can carry the wood. <laughs> they touched on birthday ideas. Get him a birthday button. Exactly. That's well, the, the one birthday of the first Well, the uh, birthday's for his wife. His wife. Take her to City Hall. Get a, butt, a pin to wear. Actually, you can go to any of the four theme parks, guest services, and you can pick up a birthday pin. All There's right. one for each pot. If Ryan, if you really want to be a hero with your wife for her birthday, <laughs> I mean, it's going to cost you. But if you really want to be a hero, go book the chef's table at Victorian Alberts. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's a private dining experience in the kitchen. They have a great area set up in the kitchen of Victorian Alberts. Last time I looked, it was 150 or $175 a head, but it's a six-course meal. That the chef comes and asks you what you like, and he prepares the meal custom for you. And, and they whole, print the menu they for print you. They print a beautiful with your name menu, on it. and your wife gets a rose. And especially if they know it's a birthday, it's probably one of the most magnificent dining experiences you will ever have. It's something she will remember for the rest of her life. So will you, because it's going to be the most expensive dinner probably you've ever <laughs> ever purchased. But I can tell you, the chef's table, and I say the chef's table at Victoria and Albert specifically, because they do have one at Citrico's that I don't think is anywhere near as good. Um, Just a reminder, that's a suit and tie kind of place. That is a suit. Yeah, that is a jacket and tie uh, required. But, I mean, that's something. I mean, if you really want a birthday, she'll never forget. Um, Okay, the birthday button is free. Yeah, the birthday (laughs) button is free. Yeah, I go from that. But but you also have to book Victoria. If you wanted to do that, you'd have to do that well in advance. You have to book that a few months out. And, if Ryan, if you want to make make fun of her, 
take her to 50s Primetime ca- uh, Cafe and just let them know that it's her birthday or take her to the Hoop-dee-doo Review and let them know it's her birthday and that'll pretty much take care of you for the... And wearing it, that birthday button will make every cast member and every right. Disney employee you run into say hello, happy birthday. It's amazing. They look for it and they respond to it a lot. They scared us one time. Gary had the button on and we made a purchase. And the cast member picks up the phone and we're thinking, oh my God, did we pay the credit? What, what's wrong? What's wrong with the... <laughs> Something's wrong with the credit card. <laughs> I know. Here comes so Disney she security. hands him the phone. With, I'm thinking, what did you do? What did you do? Did you pay the, the credit card bill? And what it was, she had called Goofy to wish him happy birthday. But in that split second, I'm thinking, funny, funny. what is wrong with our credit card? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the birthday button's a really good idea. It will make her day special every place she goes on Disney property. Yeah. There's a ton of stuff you can do. There's any restaurant you go to, they will bring over something and sing happy birthday. We, it, it's always tough for me to generalize because you got to know the person. Personally, for me, I don't want attention on my birthday. So I don't want to be sung to. I don't want stuff brought to me. But if she's that kind Which of person. makes it that much more fun. Right. To torture you. <laughs> to stick on his back. I Don't look at me. I didn't do it. His birthday's after mine, so he knows better. Nobody sang. Just Take it out of California Grill to see the fireworks. That's another idea. Yeah, California Grill. Um, yeah, there's some event places. Yeah. And there's plenty of uh, shopping at Disney. If she wants jewelry, if you want to surprise her with a nice piece of jewelry, you can get her something there. So really depends on what her likes are. And also, food and wine is in October, so take that into account, too. Have something engraved yeah. or embroidered yeah. or tattooed. Or tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> that, tattoos you go to Old Town for. There you go. Well, there you go, Ryan. I hope that uh, answers some of your questions. And uh, best of luck with your in-laws and with your wife's birthday. We hope that works out. Please send us an email when you get back. Let us know... Uh, what you did and how it all how it all went. And John, you have an email you wanted to read. I do. I have um, Vincent from Southington, Connecticut. We're booked for our yearly trip to Disney at the end of April. We just signed up for the Spirit of Aloha dining experience, <laughs> which is at the Polynesian, in case you didn't know. We were wondering if you could offer a, a review and tell us if it is appropriate for our daughters, for our three daughters, nine, five, and two. It's not appropriate for anyone. Yeah, we're not big fans of, of that particular luau. It's uh, Especially the two-year-old. Finally, fi- yeah. I found the food was really, really Sub-par. awful. Subpar. Um, and, uh, I mean, the only positive thing I have to say about it, it was uh, I take my, take, we had taken my dad there just uh, not even a year before he died. Um, so I have a, a memory of him there, and they actually brought him up onto the stage with the hula dancers. I thought he was going to have a heart attack on the spot. That's a picture. But, uh, you know, so I, 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 the, the show was, the show was pretty, was pretty standard fare for the, uh, um, for the luau's that go on in Orlando. But if you're really looking for an authentic, uh, Polynesian luau, go to the Royal Pacific at Universal, that was out of this world. The food was phenomenal, and there was plenty of it. It was a full buffet, and it was plenty of food. We enjoyed that, but we don't, we have nothing to compare it to, though. We we haven't done the no, Sea World has a very good luau as well. No, I thought I, I, I thought Sea World was terrible. Oh, I enjoyed oh, Sea World. Oh, it was Compared terrible. Compared to Disney's, I thought Sea World was much. better. I haven't been in ten years, but much it was better? no. 
So Sea Regina, World, the one at Sea World, it was much better than Disney. Really, so, Regina, the last time I went to the one at Disney's, they had Mickey and Minnie in the show. It's been that long. They used to have the kids, the one with the characters. This the first um, show, and then the second one was without the characters. What about doing Mickey's Backyard Barbecue? I was just going to say, I, I think that what I don't think she wants. They want to go off property and do a different luau. I think she's looking for what she could do, and I yeah, would. Disney, yeah. I, I would try to get into Hoopty Doo. Yeah, Hoopty Doo, as away, opposed yeah. to the luau. And especially for Bob said, especially for the two-year-old. Yeah, you got a better chance at the hoop yeah, to do. Yeah, because uh, you can take them to see the horses. What you're watching basically is uh, various dances from different Polynesian islands. I don't know that this is going to be anything that is really engaging for kids. Um, and I thought it was I thought it was overpriced. I thought the food was definitely subpar. And frankly, I found the servers there to be downright nasty. They try to get the food out before the show, so it's like they're flinging it at you. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a table and, and splatters. And it was just, yeah, it felt like, yeah, they were they were feeding the, the and, and the other thing is it's outdoors, so it could get pretty uncomfortable mm-hmm. out there. They've canceled it because of the weather. Yeah. The temperature yes. gets it is subject to weather, Or yes. rain, they'll cancel the show, too, so you have to be careful. If it's a luau you're looking for, my recommendation would be uh, Royal Pacific over at Universal, their luau. Uh, it's less expensive and it's much much better. If it's uh, the kids aspect that you're looking for, I think I agree with uh, what we were saying before with Hoopty Doo Review. The, um, myself, not with the two year old. Oh, I would I would just stick with uh, the character meals. Oh really? I wouldn't do Hoopty Doo either. I just yeah, Mickey's Mickey's thing. Over that was one of those things we did once when the kids were little and. But not even something like the backyard barbecue. Yeah. yeah, sure. That has characters, but. With the two-year-olds, Chef just sit Nikki, through, you can control that's, that's, I think that's, yeah. you know, you kind of, and the logistics to get to hoop de doo with the two-year-old, it's not, yeah, it's, it's bit, not the easiest much. thing. So, well, I hope that, uh, hope that, that brightened your day <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there goes that plan. Traveling in April, <laughs> you have nothing. no time to rebook. Yeah, have a good time. <laughs> sorry to, uh, sorry if we disappointed you with that, but we were going to be honest with you. We did, we really... You're not finding any fans of the spirit of Aloha around this table, but uh, please, by all means, let us know when you get back. If you do do it, uh, let us know how it went. And that's going to do it for us this week. We hope you enjoyed our show, and we will be back next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.